This is Room in the Trees, a podcast about living a creative life. Room in the Trees is hosted by Sabrina Ward-Harrison and me, Trent Reynolds. Show notes including pictures, links, video, and more for every episode can be found at roominthetrees.com. If you like this podcast, please consider showing your support. You can become a subscribing patron at patreon.com forward slash room. You just texted me a, a couple <laughs> pictures of some products that you just acquired. And it's Nova Color, which yeah. is based mere minute drive yes. from my house. Wow. So wow. why Nova Color? Well, I watched some stuff on YouTube and they were using mm-hmm. Nova Color. And I just, I thought, and I felt like, I'm like, this must be what Trenton uses or it has is. in the studio. And yeah, I thought so. And so I just got this, I, I kind of got a hit to paint a couple of weeks ago and I'm just going with it. And um, I started working on some big stuff and, and big, like scale wise. And I, I, <laughs> broken through after how many years of just I, house paint and just the primary colors, which I still believe in firmly and I'm still using, mm-hmm. but I thought going to get me some paints and some paint mediums and experiment and play and uh, was excited to share with them with you because I got, I'm like, all right, never That's use awesome. a gel. What's this gel going to do? And I was thinking it'd be fun to maybe do face Facebook live or something with you about some of these materials. Totally. Oh, that's so exciting. I love it. But I think you're absolutely right. Like there's, um, I like you, like have a really strong belief in just like the materials you have access to. Yeah. That is, that's what you got to use. Right. But there is also this thing where, you know, nicer materials do make a difference, right? There is a pleasure in, in working with like purpose purpose mixed paint that's that's specifically for this uh, you know using with a paintbrush uh, on canvas type deal now what about nova paint do you find this is not an ad for nova paint but how because you're the product you're the you're the guy you're just the guy for (laughs) dabbling with stuff Mm. what you know when I see you put, when we did decisive action and you put stuff into those little squeezy bottles, would you say putting right. the paint, Nova paint in, in there? Like how, how do I extend a quart of, not a quart, a pint of paint so that I can actually get some distance with it? Uh, what do you mean distance? I mean, just uh, like, like, so it doesn't go away. If I, if I'm using a big brush and I'm, I'm working on a big piece of wood how do right. I use it without just using it in a, in 45 minutes? Right. Well, um, I think there's some practical concerns there of just like <laughs> the size of brush that you're using and the amount of paint that it just literally takes. To, <laughs> right. To right. Cover right. That, that kind of surface area. Right. So, and that can't be, I mean, I think it's hugely important. I can't tell you how many times as a teacher I've gone around the room and see somebody, you know, trying to cover a canvas that's two by three feet with a, you know, with a tiny little, you know, turd of paint on their, on their palette. Right. It's like, there's a logistical problem here. Like we just, you need a certain amount of, of paint to cover um, right. that kind of surface area. So uh, on one hand, I'm, I think like, especially the way you work, you know, you're, if you, if you try to scrimp too much, I think you're doing yourself a disservice, but um 
so I don't know if you're talking about like making color, like uh, a small amount of color expand and last over a large surface area, or if you're, I guess the one, the, okay, back up, back up just a second about Nova color. So Nova color, the reason I think it is so fantastic is because they don't add any unnecessary ingredients. So from what I understand, and I might be giving some bad information here, so I, I take it with a grain of salt, but this is what I understand. And that is that uh, acrylic paint at its most fundamental is or tends to be very liquidy. And that if you want the thick body paints, like you get with golden thick body paints, you have to have to actually add stuff to thicken it up, to act more like oil paint. So um, when you then try to thin out that thickened paint, right, you're, and you're actually going back backward to a more natural, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like you're actually uh, reverting back to what it, it's at its most simple form is, right. is that consistency. And, and also those thickeners, um, I believe have a certain amount of sicative, meaning a drying agent in them, um, which kind of makes them dry faster. Right. So what I've found with Nova color is that it, it, in my opinion, my experience, it, it spreads on more evenly. It doesn't dry as fast. You get a little bit more time to blend and you get a better pigment density, which is the amount of pigment they put in the bind in with a sus suspender binder, the, the P PVA polyvinyl acetate. Uh -huh. So, so it's just kind of, uh, it just works better in my, in my experience. I like, I like the way that it goes on with the brush. It's more fluid, uh -huh. blends better, has more better drying time and better pigment density. So all around, just, I, I think a superior product. That being said, if you want a more textured surface, you like, you really like impasto, you like working with uh, you know, like a palette knife and you and like aggressive uh -huh. texture, then maybe the thick body golden paint or, you know, or Utrecht or something that, that has those thickeners in it would work better because it's going to give you more of a surface. So it, it really depends. Uh, so, so the, I like putting Nova color in the, in the, the bottles and you can uh -huh. buy them at the store or at, you can get them at Blick, but they're kind of pricey at Blick. Um, the Nova color, because it's thin, uh, works really well that way. And you can just kind of, uh, you know, squirt it out on your palette. Or if you're working on a large surface like you do, I just like squirting it directly onto the canvas. Yeah. Like, like cut, cut out the middleman. And you don't lose all that, you know, any of the paint on your, your whatever. And how do you get it into the little bottles? Um, a little bit of practice. Yeah. Um, so you can, I think it's called titrating when you, you put like a, take a thin brush and put it down into the hole of the opening of the bottle. Yeah. And then you pour the paint down the brush and it kind of clings to the sides of the brush and Whoa. then goes down Whoa. You ever, did you ever do that in like in science class it, you put that glass rod down into the thing and you pour it down the glass rod and it kind of no yeah anyway so that that works really well but also just holding i i've gotten um good enough at just holding that big uh pint thing and pouring it directly into the small hole of the bottle and sometimes yeah. it it flubs over a little bit but it's usually it could also get used to use a sieve or something yeah, yeah, or not a sieve. Um, what is it? A sieve is like the thing with all the holes in it. Oh, uh, yeah. what's it called? <laughs> what is that called? Funnel. Funnel. Yeah, funnel. You can use a funnel. 
I've tried that before too, uh, with mixed success. I also, uh, what I've done a lot is to just take a piece of white paper and kind of make it into a cone shape. Yeah. It's kind of a makeshift funnel and that works well enough. So anyway, so you have them in the bottle and it's just a very convenient way to, to deal with the paint. You don't have to like unscrew caps and worry about caps getting lost or I don't know. Right, 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 right. Um, but then the spreading that out onto a large surface area, that's when these mediums come in handy. So if the, if there's enough pigment in your paint, it can handle, uh, being diluted and still retain, you know, intense color. And some of those Mm. colors are really good for that. And that's where medium comes in handy. You want to use a medium and not water to dilute your paint because water doesn't have any binder. And if you use too much water, it separates out the molecules of the of your your paint uh, medium, which is essentially a glue. And if those molecules get too separated, they can't stick together and, and hold onto the canvas, right? Right. Whereas if you thin with an acrylic medium, you're you're thinning the paint out with glue, so you're not you're not compromising the paint's ability to stick to the surface. So I see uh, I see this happen a lot. Where in fact I just saw it yesterday. Um, where people take a squirt bottle and squirt uh, acrylic paint and try to make it act more like watercolor, mm. which is, sounds nice, but again, you're like you really ought to avoid that if at all possible because you're compromising the paint's ability to to stick to the canvas. Instead, uh, you like get a really really thin uh, acrylic medium, which you can get at Nova Color. I believe it's called. Uh, I'm not, it's called Nova Plex, I think Nova Plex three, two, something or other. Okay. They have a couple of different ones. One that's like almost water, like it's really, really fluid. And then another one that's uh, somewhere in between matte medium and that, uh, that really watery stuff. So, uh, that's a good way to, to just get it to move around the canvas like right. water, uh, as opposed to, you know, like thicker consistency that doesn't want to move quite so much. So gel mediums and stuff, could those really be mixed with paint? Gels, gels the opposite. It's it's really thick. Right. So Just to make it yeah, thicker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It uh, it it's also you know taking the amount of pigment in your paint and spreading it out, so it's diluting the color over oh. more material, more stuff, right? Because it's just clear paint. So you're yeah. taking all that all that color and dispersing it into a clear substance. So you're, the particles of pigment are further apart. You're going to have more transparency. Um, but some some colors are more opaque than others, and or dilute better than others, and that's just a matter of experimentation. Interesting. But the best way to get really really intense color over a large area is just a lot of paint. Nothing wrong with that. That's where I find the house paint does is kind of great because you can get a sample at Sherwin Williams, and you have the the color rate you know have the color swatches and matching a color and a piece I like, and then I can get a sampling of that in just a small. Mm-hmm. There's nothing. There's nothing wrong with working that way, but again, you like there are advantages to nicer materials. So like, yes. um, with with professional grade acrylic paints they're thinking about how archival it is how brittle the paint will become over time how well the color um stands up you know it doesn't yellow over time you know there are different levels of quality of the actual medium itself and so 
you know, like you look at uh, Jackson Pollock paintings and uh, some of them haven't held up so well over time. I love that stuff, though. I love uh, love thinking about them. Yeah. So how are you? I'm doing well. Did I, I sent you that uh, quote the other day, right? Yeah, um, yeah. I want to read that right now because it is so perfectly encapsulates kind of what my experience has been these past couple of weeks. And let me see if I can find that in my Okay. Um, okay. So this is a quote from uh, The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield, who is an author uh, of uh, The Legend of Bagger Vance, among other books. Um, but it is a fantastic little book and highly recommend reading it. But this is a quote that came to mind over the past couple of weeks. And it says, resistance is directly proportional to love. If you're feeling massive resistance, the good news is that it means there's tremendous love there too. And I kind of, uh, you know, ever since school ended, it's been this, it just feels like this deluge of stuff, you know, of things that have come up and, and it just being able to get enough time to sit down and focus and uh, concentrate on what I'm doing, you know, and what I need to be about. It just feels like it's impossible. You know, it yeah. just feels like there's something, you know, things that come up and chop up my day into little bits and I can't, you know, get enough time to really sit down and focus. And, but amongst all of that, there's this like bubbling excitement that I have of, of, you know, of what I'm working on. So there's this, you know, kind of those, those opposite, those extremes feel like they're very close right now in my, mm. in, in what I'm doing, like this, uh, the extreme of frustration, like I, I can't feel like it's hard to kind of get everything ex like how I feel like I want it or need it. And then the other side of just like really excited about uh, what's coming, coming about. Tell me about what you're excited about that's coming about. Um, well, you know, the, the the thing that has been kind of surprisingly satisfying about this process is um, just feeling a freedom from having to make a class the, for the environment I'm so used to existing in. You know, uh. like ever, ever since I've started teaching, I've always existed either in or very near a kind of standardized traditional type of art education, yeah. right? And I don't think people appreciate how limiting that really is. You know, there are practical concerns of just location and amount of time and facilities that that really govern and limit what kind of information can can be shared and and, what, and how things can be taught. And so this this time where I've you know I just have that deep realization that I don't have to make this class to fit in with, you know, this, how art is taught in this school, right? Or it doesn't have to be encapsulated in, uh, you know, two sentences that go in the course catalog. Or, yeah. Yeah. you know, I don't have to worry about just having, you know, access to my students or ability to communicate with them for, you know, 10 minutes at the beginning of class and then five minutes for a setup and five minutes for cleanup and 10 minutes for critique at the end of class. And, you know, there's like these, there's these structures and, and practical considerations that I don't have to even, you know, consider. That must feel so exciting too. So it's liberating, but it's also, you know, it's, it's kind of a hard habit to break as well. Like that has been right. so omnipresent 
that it is, it's kind of challenging to figure out how to structure this and what does that actually mean I could do? And what does that mean? Like, what do I really want to do? How can I use that extra freedom in a way that's, you know, not just, you know, doing more for more sake, but actually making a more compelling uh, experience. Yeah. And like making the kind of course you would want to really take that would really excite you. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm, uh, I'm, I'm pretty excited about what, what I'm, you know, what's happening. So, Mm -hmm. um, and it is coming very, 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 very soon. So close, you know, things are just starting to fall, uh, fall in place, which is, which is, (sighs) but it's, it's like, I, the, the expectation though is when, you know, your, your expectations aren't met. It's, it can be just so incredibly frustrating. I I had that in my mind that, you know, I was going to end at, the high school and I was just going to dig right in. I felt like it was already really far along the, the process. And then these past couple of weeks, it's just been like, why can I not get this? You know, it's just felt all this resistance, but then, you know, the things are starting to pop in. Did I, did I show you a picture of that, of the guitar that I finally got cut out? No. Send oh. it. Send it. So this is a project that I've been working on. I, I've had on the back burner for two years. Like uh, I've always wanted to make a, a Fender Stratocaster guitar body. So yeah. electric guitar. And we have these machines or we had these machines up at the high school and uh, I could either mill it out of a solid block of wood or I could use a laser cutter to cut it out of multiple layers of birch plywood. Anyway, so I finally, uh, because I was going to lose access to the lasers, I finally just buckled down and spent five hours at the the fab lab my my kind Good of farewell farewell night to the, the fab lab got a pizza went up to the fab lab and locked myself in there for like four or five hours and cool. i i pounded it out i uh, it was 10 layers of birch plywood six unique uh cuts and then all stacked up they they make up this guitar body and it looks it looks really cool i'll have to send you a picture i've got it i've got one can you just, yeah and so, and then it, then you put the strings on it. So uh, first I got to glue all those layers together and then I'll, you know, sand it and there's grain filler to make the body smooth and paint it somehow. And I've already bought the guitar neck and then I've got to put all the electronics in it. It's a, it'll take another, you know, that's all, it'll have to go on the back burner again for the moment anyway. But I was really stoked to to get it cut out. So it was, it was actually, it ended up being a lot trickier than I thought. I had to use this virtual 3D model of the guitar body to get all the measurements to figure out how deep to make each one of those holes. And then I had to have digital calipers to measure the thickness of each layer to get, uh, to try to align it with the right measurement. It was just, it was a lot of work, but I got it done. Very. And so will you stain it and... Um, I think I, I originally the whole idea was that I was going to use the laser to to try to etch in some cool pattern on the guitar, but I don't have the laser anymore. So I'm gonna I'm gonna experiment with something. I've got. Um, have you ever seen people do water dipping? No, what's that? So you use this solvent based spray paint, and you spray on the surface of water. So the solvent based paint kind of sits on the surface of the water, and then you can kind of make patterns in the paint. And then when you dip a piece of wood like a guitar body into the water that solvent based paint kind of wraps onto the guitar body and sticks to it mm. and you get these kind of weird model uh, like uh, like 
like rock-like marble marbling patterns and stuff. Anyway, I might try something like that. I tried doing, I should take a picture of that too. I, um, I tried doing that water dipping painting process with, uh, some, just some boards that I was painting on and it worked. It was kind of cool. I'll have to show you a picture of that. How do you put, the, how do you immerse it in what kind of container? It's like a big five gallon barrel. So you fill it up with water. It's got to be big enough that you can, you know, get the, the object all the way underneath the water because the paint sits on the very surface. And then how do you get all the water on it? I mean, how sorry, all the paint on it. The paint's sitting on the surface. So as you push it into the water, it's going oh. through that layer of paint on the surface and it kind of wraps around the thing. And then you push it all the way under the water, clear all the excess paint that's still on the surface and pull it out of the water and you've got a fully painted thing. And I missed the part about I missed the part about how the paint floats on the surface. Um, well, it's it is uh, solvent based, so it's not water based. Oh, okay, okay, right. I th believe that's uh, yeah. So there, there's that. It's just naturally separates. Um, anyway, you can look you can look at videos on YouTube. It's pretty cool to watch. But I've actually I've got ideas for things uh, that I want to do with that you can actually buy paper that um, dissolves in water. So you set that paper, you can print an image on the paper, set the paper on the surface of the water, and then put your um, uh, object, three-dimensional object through that layer of image and it wraps around a three-dimensional object. Um, just like the paint dipping. It's kind of, it's hard to, to verbally explain. It's much easier to see, yeah. but there's a lot of really cool stuff that you could do with that. And once again, uh, proving Trent's inability to focus on one thing for any extended amount of time. Oh. There's too many. There's too many cool things in this world. Too many ways to just even, and that's that's kind of the focus of the the whole class that I'm that I'm working on is there are so many ways to combine these materials and we kind of take for granted that the materials have to be used a specific way. Right. You know, and there are so many other options of ways that we can uh, apply paint to objects, to surfaces, uh, ways that we can combine different mediums in really uh, effective ways. I think just because of the practicality of our education, we tend to silo mediums into individual, like uh, this is, acrylic painting and this is oil painting and this is you know when reality all those things can be uh, mixed not mixed but used in in combination in really really compelling ways so raw materials guys it's a class it's coming it's coming for you yes what would you say are five of your fa very favorite raw materials Five favorite raw materials. So um, acrylic matte medium is the nectar of the gods. It is uh, bar none, the most useful <laughs> art, art material. Is it? it is. It is. It comes in so handy in so many different ways. So I would say that is uh, you just you should have a gallon of that available to you at all times. Acrylic so matte medium. I so, know I don't want you to give away all your secrets, but <laughs> I've got I've got more secrets than can fit in one class, so you can 
So you whether you're whether I know you've talked about using it with the charcoal or that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you can use it with uh, in combination with charcoal or uh, chalk pastel. Uh, it's it's compatible with um, gum arabic, which is a aqueous binder uh, that that's used in like um, watercolor and, and chalk pastels and charcoal and stuff like that. How do you use it with chalk pastel? Because I have a lot of those. Oh, just uh, like you draw with the chalk pastel and then take your matte medium with a brush and start painting into it, and it will mix in with the matte medium and create this really nice transparent uh, layer of paint or layer of color. Really? And then using that with uh, like matte medium for different kinds of collage, uh, you could use matte medium with bleeding tissue paper to create like we did in, uh, in uh, the video that we shot in decisive Uh action. Um, You man, there's just so many ways you can use it as an adhesive or as a, um, Sealant. Sealant sealer. <laughs> Sealant. <laughs> there, there, it's just, it is, uh, it is just a really good all purpose art material to have close by. Um, and that's one, one of the things that I'm going to, uh, that I'm going to get into in, in the class is talking about just the extreme diversity of, um, of techniques of, of w- ways that you can manipulate the substrate, the thing that you're painting on. Like before you even get to any color or other art materials, just the thing that you're painting on can be manipulated in so many incredibly interesting ways. And part of that is uh, using matte medium and part of that is some other other stuff uh, to be disclosed uh, uh-huh. during the class. But, um, but yeah, so uh, you asked for five yes, uh, matte medium. Yeah. No, that's all right. So matte medium, definitely one. Um, more and more, I'm getting into uh, resin. Um, I think it is much more um, uh, uh, malleable, much much more wide ranging than people tend to use it. People tend to use it as just kind of a glossy final finished surface, but it is so um, I can't, I'm searching for the word. It's so flexible in what it can be used for. Um, so that's definitely one of them, uh, resin. I love, love, love wax for so many reasons. Um, it is also uh, both a very forgiving and very unforgiving in different ways. Um, um, but also extremely uh, versatile and useful in, in a lot of different uh, contexts. So what is that? The matte medium, wax, resin, and then, yeah, like the surfaces that you're working with, whether it be uh, plywood or canvas or fabrics um, that are not canvas. And then the fifth would be collage as a material and as a process. Yeah. So. And that's what you're going to be able to be going into in your in your course. So, yeah, a lot of those things are definitely going to make appearances in the course. But the focus of the course is not just introducing you to a, a wide variety of these materials, but discussing how they can be used in concert and in, in, com- in combination with each other, right? Because I think that's that feels to me like a huge uh, gap in art education a lot yeah, of times. Yeah, you're right. It's like, 
you know, you go to the acrylic painting class, learn how to do acrylic painting, and then you go to oil painting class, learn how to paint oil, and you completely miss, well, what if I want to use acrylic and oil together? Because they offer different, uh, they have different strengths and weaknesses and can do different things, and they definitely can be used together. So, uh, so yeah, that's, that's kind of the focus is, is in addition to just materials is like, what, how can we combine these things in, in that's interesting, really interesting. I love that. Yeah. So that, I mean, that, yeah. that's, that's, what's been so exciting to me and, and, uh, just thinking about what becomes possible when you're not limited by these traditional ways of thinking about how we teach art, you know, like totally. there's so many cool things that you could do. And I'm so e- excited by the, the idea that there would be this, uh, you know, community in a private Facebook group or, uh, you know, on a website where people are ex- like showing what they came up with that day. Right. Like I just right. did this in the moment where they're excited about it, they're pumped about it and they can share that energy with other people and, you know, you know get feedback and encouragement and stuff like that. Like that stuff is just gold. I love it. And so when you talk about that quote about resistance and love, where's the, what's the love part of it? Cause when I say resistance, I'm like, where's the, where's that love part? Well, the resistance is like, whatever like all is it's like capital r resistance it's like this force that is out is out there trying to stop you from doing what you want to do right so the more you want to do something and this is the war of art you got to read the book it's really fantastic oh yeah it's it's his kind of model between you know the resistance on one side and what he calls the muse on the other side um but capital r resistance like it's like the more resistance you feel to doing something and resistance could be internal. It could be like your like negative self-talk, your self-doubt. Um, but it could also be external, like, you know, a friend calling on the phone, like totally something that you want to do, but it's keeping you from doing what you ought to be doing or need to be doing in creating uh, your artwork. And, and so uh, his idea is that there's, they're kind of equal and opposite. Like the more you want some to do something or you, the more you need to do something because there is a need in us to create, the more there will be resistance to keep you from doing that or accomplishing that. And I, I really believe that's true. I feel like that's been borne out in my experience in my life. The more I want something to happen or the more, the more important I or compelled I feel to do something, the more I, am, I meet up with uh, resistance. So that's where the love is. It's like, I really love making art. And the more I love it, <laughs> or the more I love whatever it is, creating, making this class, uh, connecting with the community, the more I love it, or the more it needs to exist, uh, you know, the more it seems the world or, you know, this capital R resistance tends to push push back. Does that make sense? I, I'm not sure if I'm explaining. I'm not explaining it nearly as well as Stephen Pressfield does in the book, right. so. Right. Definitely check it out. Have you experienced that though? It's like the more you want something to happen or the more you feel strongly that something uh, about a direction that you need to pursue, the harder it becomes. I I guess. Yeah. I don't really put resistance and love together. I can't match those up. Well, they're opposites. (laughs) Right. Right. right, Like, like, so, so like you, you don't see those as antonyms or like uh, opposing forces. Got it. Got it. Got it. Right. So it's like, like an example might be, or another example in a different realm might be like, you really love 
a person and you want desperately to be with them and you know you're supposed to be with them. Um, but the more important that relation is, relationship is, or the more important anything is, like it seems like things crop up to keep you from being with that person. Mm, I don't, I don't get that either. No. All right. <laughs> well, I might be. It, I, I don't want to do a disservice to the uh, to no, Stephen no, the book is it. in the book. I'd but, love that book. Oh, okay, good, good. Yeah, I love that book. Um, I probably should reread it. Well, I'm I'm just not doing I, a good job of explaining it. No, I think no, no, no. It's, it's a compelling model, though. Yes, and I think there's. I'm just d- digesting and wrapping my mind around it because, because it's always yeah. We're always trying to understand why, like the idea of procrastination when you want to go in and do art, and you're like, I all I do, all I want to do is just go in and create, and then there's like a billion things that come up that you think, well, I can, I should, I could probably do it tomorrow better maybe tonight and then there's different things that come up even though you just know you'll feel better doing it and you'll you'll the act of making art kind of clears your mind to make other kinds of better decisions about other things yeah so when uh, and that's part of the joy too is like when you can finally overcome whatever is keeping you from making art there is that like the payoff of how much you realize like that it, how much it brings to your life, like how much value is really there. Yeah. So. I, I got that rush of wanting to paint and it's just now, now I'm ready to face the fact that it's just suddenly so hot. I'm like, and I can't, mm. the pieces I need to be working on are outside and now it's just too, <laughs> so it's, yeah. it's, uh, it's always something though, right? Like it is like stuff. Comes it up. seems like such a stupid excuse. And it's, it, what's it been a couple of things that your kids have been like, what's been the latest phase or fad or things that, that a couple of them have been doing? Liv is the one that kind of, well, she's the oldest, so she hits new, new ones. Whereas the other ones, we just see they're going through the same different phases as, as Liv went through. So it's not as, you know, doesn't stick out quite as much. Um, but Liv's uh, discovered TikTok. Okay. And she started to kind of make up different dances. And she's always done that. She's always made up like choreographed little dances and she gets her sisters to do them. But the new ones, the ones that she's started to choreograph are more kind of booty dances. Oh. Which is kind of alarming. Yeah. You know, she doesn't realize the kind of the suggestive nature of that kind of dance. Yeah. But like uh, she'll start choreographing these dancers, like oh my goodness, where did you get that? Yeah. So apparently we've got a, a little work to do on. on How would you explain the, that and do that? Um, don't know. That's something we're uh, kind of going through right now. We're figuring figuring it out. Part of growing up, right? You got to figure that stuff out. How old is she? She is nine. Nine. Yeah, nine. She just turned nine. She's going to be 19 before you know it. <laughs> Sorry. Gosh. I know it's like uh, every, everybody that I meet that finds out I've got four daughters, you know, that I've had any daughters, you know, it's like the immediate response is just to laugh. Like, oh my gosh, when you get to teenage years. <laughs> so, uh, so apparently, apparently I'm just needing to gear up for, for 13, 14, 15 to oh, hit. Oh my gosh. How should we kind of wrap up the episode, do you think? 
I just want to get it out there that I am super excited about this course that's coming up. It's going to, it's called raw materials, a reckless approach to art and craft. If it is something you feel like you might be interested in, I will be posting more uh, about it on Instagram. You can go to, you can find me on Instagram at Trent Reynolds art. And then I will also be posting more on uh, my website, which is dabbleon, D-A-B-B-L-E-O-N.com. And actually I also, you could get there by going to trentreynoldsart.com. Just going to be really cool. I'm really excited about it. I'm so excited about it. It's like, ah, uh, you have so much wisdom and um, just be fun to be in your class. So it's a real treat and gift for all the artists out there who, on whatever level you're at, just just to get into it, the physicality. Yes. Yes. So, uh, and you and I, hopefully, uh, if we can get our schedules to cooperate, uh, we're going to be doing uh, Facebook Live. Yeah. Um, at some point, and um, who knows what else might uh, might arise. Yeah. And with that, uh, I want to invite y'all to overcome the resistance overcome whatever is keeping you from doing the work that you're meant to do the artwork the creative work of, uh, of any variety get out and do it do it you must do it thanks for listening we'll be back next week please help us grow our audience by rating us or writing a review on itunes to do that you can use the link roominthetrees.com forward slash itunes you can follow us on Instagram at Sabrina Ward Harrison and at Trent Reynolds Art. And check out the show notes at roominthetrees.com where you can also get in touch if you have any ideas you'd like to share. Uh, rate us on iTunes and share Room in the Trees with a friend. With a friend. With a friend. <laughs> <laughs>